guess who's back? Back again. Jog Pod's back. Tell your friends. Hey, everybody. It's Just Another White Guys podcast. I'm Dustin Jones. We're bringing season three back. I hope you're as excited to listen as I am to bring it to you. We took some time off. I don't have any good excuses why. Trying to just find my voice still. You can hear my voice, obviously. I've had a passion for radio. uh, But the landscape of the world of podcasting has changed so much. There are so many of them that trying to find something interesting to say that people would want to listen to uh, has been a struggle for me. But what I've decided to do is just continue to do what I enjoy, and that's talk to my friends, talk to people I like, and share those stories with you. We're going to change up the format a little bit this year. You're going to hear me at the top of the show. We'll do the new intro, and then we'll drop into the conversation. You're going to notice that we're going to have a new intro song uh, for the show. It's one of my favorite bands, uh, Royal Blood. So definitely hope you enjoy that. We'll do a little intro at the top here, and then we'll get uh, we'll get things rolling. My guest this week has his own podcast. It's called The Start Contrast. I hope you'll give that a listen. I am on uh, an upcoming episode of that show, so you'll definitely want to check that out. So just look for The Start Contrast. My guest on this week's episode of Just Another White Guys podcast is uh, not just a friend, but a brother. And I hope you enjoy listening to the conversation that I have with the one and only Rod Stark. And with that, without further ado, here's Royal Blood. Let's get the podcast rolling. Yeah, um, we're back. It's season three of, of the podcast, and who better to, to do that with than uh, Rod Stark? What's up, buddy? Yeah, brother. Welcome back to uh, Houston. The lovely city of Houston. It is It is a good place to be. How uh, How are you enjoying the, uh, the weather? Uh, it's warm. It, it is a little warm here, but... Uh, it was. I, I feel like when you came to visit last January, and it was warm, a little bit, but January warm and August warm, two different things. At least you're here when the pool's open. Yeah, it, the pool has made all the difference in the trip. Uh, even swimming through the rain. Swimming through the rain, it was a good time. When you can hear all the, when you can hear every single raindrop because it's raining so hard, it's uh, it's an interesting time. So. We, I'll, I'll talk about getting back into the podcast at a later time. We'll just talk about some good stuff. You're a guy that likes to travel. You do, uh, you travel when you can and do what you can. Um, and you, like me, enjoy jumping in your car and going and going for rides. So, what, what is it that speaks to you about getting in a car and going for a trip? It's, it's the freedom of it. Like, I don't enjoy putting it in somebody else's hands and when you fly you're completely in somebody else's hands your schedule is you have to deal with all the the weight of the airport 
where on a road trip you can set your time limits when you want to just stop and you know check something out you can um and once you're there you have the freedom of having a car so typically if if i'm picking which way i'm traveling it's definitely a road trip and then after your uh, lovely uh flight down here with the uh greyhound of the sky spirit airlines what uh what ex- what is that experience like when you fly someone that's when you fly an airline that's that dirt cheap? Because I've I've gone to Southwest. I really enjoy Southwest. Um, I've never had any problems. I also enjoy Alaska Airlines. They're a little bit less expensive, but a little bit more than some of the other airlines. But what is that? Uh, what is that experience like? Because from from the sounds of it, it's like. Here's the fee, and we're going to keep it low, but then we're just going to charge you for every single thing that comes up. Yeah, definitely. When it comes to the fees, it's nickel and dime. Anything they can charge you for, they will charge you for, which I got away with no extra upcharges. I went bare bones minimum, and uh, I definitely paid for that. I didn't realize how much tighter their seating was. Like It, it was tighter than a normal airplane the seat was actually on top of my knees, which I am six, five. So, you know, I'm, I'm riding a little taller, but, um, I wasn't expecting that they, they do have a lot of little hidden fees though. There's no on flight, anything, uh, without a fee, which, uh, really impressed the lady that was sitting next to me. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be $4 for a Sprite. Um, what? Yeah, not only that, you can't use cash at all. So it was like, there was, I'm sure if you read all the little bylines, they told you everything. But having flown other airlines previously and then not really researched enough, I guess, I was not prepared for uh, the uh, enthusiastic experience of Spirit (laughs) Airlines. (laughs) It's it's funny because you watch like an old show like uh like Mad Men for example where they have scenes where like people are flying and everyone's in their suit and all the seats are really big and nice. What's interesting is that as a nation collectively like we've all gotten fatter but the airplanes have gotten smaller. So it's like they're trying to squeeze every single person into as much as little space as possible but we've all gotten so much bigger you know not everyone obviously you're a lanky tall drink of water so but you have a different a different dilemma because even though you're not an overweight person your legs are so long and your knees come up so high even you got to try to squeeze in there and just not comfortable with what's the what's the most comfortable airline that you've actually been on have you do you ever get in an airplane and you're like oh this is comfortable uh, that's pretty rare. Like it, it's more by luck. Like uh, I have flown Southwest and ended up in the exit row, right? Just by chance, and uh, that's comfortable because you get the extra seat. And um, I ha- I've flown first class once before for a business flight, and obviously that had room. But other than that, I've never had room on a flight. Flying first class is pretty amazing. It's uh, I've done it a, a few times. There was there was a time where it didn't seem like it was super expensive to upgrade when you got to the airport, and so um, I believe me and uh, a, a gentleman that you had the uh, the fortunate experience to meet this past uh, 
this past spring, uh, Scotty Wynn, uh, we flew to, I believe we flew to Portland uh, from Minneapolis, and we decided to upgrade. And it was like $69, and we upgraded to first class, and uh, we had a good time with that. So when you pay for those upgrades, Scott is the person, and I appreciate this about him because I also feel this way, when you pay for an upgrade, and that upgrade comes with additional goods and services, uh, he wants to try to make sure that he maximizes the value for that. We got up real early in the morning. Well, first class, you get free drinks. That included alcohol. So he was going to make sure that he got his $70 <laughs> worth of alcohol. And it was an early morning flight. I fell asleep, and I woke up, and he had his little tray table down. And there were many bottles of Jack Daniels just covering this thing. I'm pretty sure that he drank the cart out of uh, Jack Daniels. So the uh, when we got to Portland uh, to try to get the rental car, that was an interesting experience. But they actually lost our bags. So I have a currently not sober, starting to be hungover best friend in the passenger seat of this car while we sit around in Portland and waiting for our bags to come in. So that was an interesting experience, but I do love the, uh, the travel upgrade. Um, if you can ever upgrade to, to first class, like I'd like to, to travel overseas and stuff like that. And I feel like it's almost worth it to try to spend the extra money to get like a business class or something. If you're going to fly 12 or 14 hours. Yeah, no doubt. It, well, my knees couldn't take it if it was a regular flight where I'm, I'm crunched for that. Because this flight I just took, um, we were only in the air for like two and a half hours, and my knees have felt it all weekend long. So <laughs> even to get out and move around in the pool, it just you're you were so crunched up. That's just not good. So road trip is is a big thing that you do, and you love to get in the car. Um, what's what's been your favorite road trip that you've done? Hmm, that's a hard one. I, I'd say the favorite. Or, or actually, one of them. The, my favorite trip of actually the experience and what was out there um, was going out. I drove all the way from Michigan to California. Um, site-wise, that was the best trip. Um, when it comes to you know company, I didn't have the best company that trip. Um, I had a. I took an ex-girlfriend with me. That sounds like a very rad type of road trip. Um, and it wasn't a bad road, t- road trip, but if I was picking a road trip companion, I wouldn't necessarily pick an ex, but it worked out for that one. <laughs> and you and I have, have done a couple trips. I, I was surprised to hear that they randomly getting pulled over and the vehicle searched uh, by an Arizona police officer didn't make that list because that was a good time. We we did not do a we. I drove a little bit too fast through town, and then apparently we I turned the wrong way. And when I told them where we were going, that that sent off uh, some uh, some signals. There was a gentleman. I was I had an Oklahoma driver's license. You had a Michigan driver's license, and it was a rental car with New York license plates. So I'm not really shocked that he thought maybe that we were transporting drugs, but we actually weren't. So that was, yeah, and that was we were, good. But, and we were traveling through a drug-running corridor. Exactly. So I, I feel like he was doing his job properly. <laughs> and it took forever. And I'm like, 
Dude, do you have, is there like some, do you have a warrant that I don't know about? Is there something going on that I need to be aware of? Are we about to go to jail? And you were, you were actually very aggressive with that cop too. I think you were tired, which is understandable, but you were like, I'm like, this is not the situation to get angry with the cop. We're, uh, we're at his whim and we're in, in the fucking desert. He could bury us out here. And you're just like, you got a problem? Like, <laughs> But I didn't think I was that aggressive. Were, I thought you, it was nice. You you came out guns a blazing. Well, it was after he went back and was well, back there too long. He you, was gone so long. You you had your fell. You I know, was like, just like, come on, dude. Like we got nothing here. Are you, you just need to are go. you just looking for a reason? And I think he probably was. Maybe he was trying to get us. He was. It was probably a technique to see if we would like panic and do something stupid or you know. And for me, when I panic and do something stupid, is I just run my mouth. So, uh, I think he asked, uh, "Do you have a uh, Do you have a bunch of cash on you?" And I was like, "Well, for me, I have a bunch of cash because it's five hundred bucks, but I don't really think that's a lot of money." And he was like, "Can we search the vehicle?" I was like, "I guess if you want to." And then he was like, "Okay, you can go." <laughs> just like, oh, so um, the California trip in, in terms of in terms of scenery and stuff like that was, was the best. You have to have some sort of crazy stories of uh, a, a trip that's gone wrong or somewhere that you ended up that you didn't expect or do you have any, uh, any like crazy like this happened to me and I can't believe it stories? <laughs> um, one, I, one time I took a road trip uh, while I was working at Murphy. Uh, we were down at the corporate office for an event and decided I drove from – Minnesota at the time down to the corporate office. So I had my truck and a couple of the higher level bosses down in Arkansas decided they wanted to take a tour closer to the border. So we actually went to one of our new sites down in New Mexico. And then when we were down there, one of the managers like, oh yeah, it's no problem. You can drive right across the border and there's no issues at all. So we drove across the border of Mexico and um, that manager was wrong. It turns out you cannot cross the border without problems. We got stopped by federales, taken out of the car. They took all the cash that was in the car. Um, two of the higher-up managers had nice watches on. Right. Those now belong to Mexican federales. <laughs> um, I thought I was going to die. I, I, one of the few times in my life that I was like shitting my pants. I'm usually pretty <laughs> calm on situations, but none of us spoke Spanish. They were choosing not to speak much English, right. other than give you know give us your money. And, right. Um, yeah. So that was probably the worst on the road trip gone wrong situations. Um, but did you get to see anything cool while you're there, or did you like you get right over and then it was like immediately they recognized you and you were screwed? Well, we we drove through a border town. We're just gonna stop to um, you know say we you know got right. a cerveza and. Mexico and uh, we had just barely stopped and the and the cops showed up and uh, had their way with us. Jeez. I know uh, a buddy of mine, uh, a gentleman who's appeared on this podcast, uh, Hanson, had he took a motorcycle trip from uh, I think he started in Arizona and went all the way to Panama Canal in his motorcycle. And I mean he knew like he needed to have cash on him because you, you know, you actually have to bribe police officers to leave you alone. You know, you're you're not paying the, a ticket necessarily, but you're just giving them some cash to to let you go. And uh, he got 
continually harassed and he like he ran through his bribe money like halfway through his trip like he had to actually get more cash so that uh so that he could make the whole trip but that uh that would be i don't know that's a little that's a little too much adventure for me um You've you've also stayed in some some creepy hotels. I know you made a a trip to New York uh, for a wrestling show that you ended up didn't was uh, ended up in like some creepy uh, motel in New Jersey or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was actually my first time to the East Coast as an adult. I went with our buddy Jay, right? And uh, we decided, you know, we're two grown men. We don't need anything fancy. We'll get the cheapest hotel we could find. And uh, a cheap hotel by where I live and a cheap hotel in New Jersey are two very different things. Um, we got there and I knew right away because they had a sign in their window in the office that said by the hour, which is <laughs> that's, that's not a good sign. Any, anywhere you go that rents space by the hour, it should be. Uh, yeah, like we probably need to find somewhere else. Yeah, so was we, it like on the hooker stroll as well? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, you could definitely tell that that was the place for the hookers. Um, if we go back and look, will we find you guys like on an HBO show somewhere? <laughs> not not uh, participating, but just in the background, like you're yeah, walking, walking the, 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 <laughs> watching hookers on the point, and just Rod and Jay in the background going to their hotel room, like a, with like a pizza or something, just walking in your sketchy hotel room. I, I would not be surprised with that place. <laughs> well, and then we, when we got there, we. We're there early. We ended up making good time, and we were there like three hours before we were supposed to check in. Right. And, uh, you know, we talked. It shouldn't have been a problem. They just tacked on three extra hours. Well, and uh, when we got there, they said they would they would make a deal um, instead of charging us three extra hours. If we wanted to just go in now, we could leave three hours early, and it was no, you know, no, right. no deal. So, you know, we go in, and um, as soon as I walked in the room, I knew it was – even shadier than the fact that they had the hours. I, I knew something was wrong with this place. And uh, you could tell that the back wall used to be a window of some sort or a mirror of some sort. You right. could tell it was painted glass. Right. And then <clears throat> there was a little, um, a strange door at the back of the room that had deadbolt on the inside of it. And I'm like, what, you know, what the hell is this? <laughs> so I went to the office um, because there were no towels in there either. So I went to the office um, to ask for towels. And while I was there, I asked what that was. And the manager guy didn't speak very good English, but he was like, oh, no, no, it's all good now. Paint it over. We no watch no more. <laughs> so <laughs> once they were, were two way mirrors. Oh, Jesus. They were not only charging for the hookers to be in the hotel rooms, they, they were, were charging guys to watch. Oh, Lord. Um, so yeah, they, it was it was definitely one of those places where you sleep on top of the blankets and oh. then uh, with one eye open, just praying nobody comes in oh, there. Oh man! So that's that's the sketchiest hotel situation. Do you have a this is the nicest hotel I've ever been in situation? Um, the Wynn in Vegas. The Wynn, yeah. Well, the largest hotel room is actually uh, the Holiday Inn Express in St. Cloud, Minnesota. <laughs> You would get the you know the executive suite, multi room yep. suite. I spent a lot of days there. I uh, 
dropped off a lot of kids in a lot of the different rooms <laughs> in that hotel, spending time to, with myself, you know, personal rod time. But uh, that that was my favorite hotel room was uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota. But actually, the fanciest, nicest hotel room was um, the Wynn in Vegas, which was part of that road trip to yeah. California. Yeah, we. Uh... I actually stayed uh, in that executive suite in St. Cloud one weekend. I uh, got Scotty and a couple of buddies, and we got some beer. It was like uh, like during the NCAA tournament or something, and we just chilled out in there. And was like, dude, we, I don't think we really needed a hotel room that has like two bedrooms in it, but you know, whatever. It was a good time. We uh, we've done we've done some road trips together, and uh, they always uh, seem to go well for us. We have been to. Well, we the shortest one I think we did was San Antonio. It was longer for you because you had to come down from Michigan and, and we drove over. We uh, we're gonna do another trip uh, in April. We're gonna go to New York, so I think uh, we'll definitely not uh, let you or Jay pick where we're gonna stay. I think <laughs> maybe I'll work on uh, the logistics on that. Um, there's there's definitely places that you haven't been to that you probably want to. Do you have uh, like on the top of the list? Where you where you'd like to go, uh, location wise, or are you saying in New York? No, no, location for General? overall, like for trips. Um, I, I've crossed off all the East Coast, um, and a large portion of Central, um, the Midwest is all gone, right? And then some on the West Coast, but I've never been to like Oregon, Washington. I'd I'd like to go over there. Hmm. If only you knew someone I that know. was familiar with those areas that could connections over there hmm, maybe we'll find that yeah i love i love oregon um it's it's probably my favorite place in the world um oregon is one of those states where it has a little bit of everything and it's not too big to where you can't get to all of it really i mean if you were centrally located like near where my mom lives or something like that you can get to the ocean the mountains and like high desert and plains like that all within like two and a half hours and the beach is way closer than that so yeah you should uh definitely do that even and and with your uh your love of driving what you should do sometime is maybe do like a a, a road trip where you do like baja to british columbia or something like that you just drive up the west coast you can drive the uh the one it's uh it's certainly not the open road blasting down the highway I, I get into this routine where I'm going to go somewhere when it's by car and I don't like to stop. And I learned that from you because <laughs> I think the first time we ever road trip together, we w- drove over to Chicago from St. Paul and like an hour and a half in, I was like, dude, I, I got to stop and go to the bathroom. He's like, no, you were like, no, we don't stop until I have to get gas. <laughs> He's like, you're like, I'll stop this one time, but in the future, you're going to need to hold it. And I was like, all right, well, let's do this. All right, I'm, I'm down. I got to learn I got to learn the tricks of the trade. So is that – does it depend on the trip for you whether or not you do that? Or most of the time are you just trying to get where you're going and then you'll have fun when you get there? Well, I, I've loosened up a little bit when it comes to depending who's riding with me. Right. If it's up to me – I'm, uh, you don't stop until you run out of gas person. Right. But I've learned to be more accepting of other people. That, <laughs> uh, like, I, I learned that when I was in high school, we used to travel for, um, we had, a, it was called pride 
it was period of prayer, drug education stuff, and we would go to events. Right. And that was the rule that we lived by was you don't stop unless you need gas. But then they loosened their policy up because of the girls on the team type deal. And uh, I, I never did. I was kind of a hardcore, you don't stop unless you need gas until I'd say probably the last five years or so. Yeah. If somebody's with me and they need to stop. Not that I wouldn't stop before, but I would make every effort to talk them out of it. Right. Where now, if if they want to stop, I'm I'm going to make it a good trip for whoever's with me. Um, but if it's, if it's up to me and nobody says anything, we're not stopping until we need <laughs> gas. Um, and I I taught Liam that from a young age. Too. As soon as he was potty trained, he could go a whole trip without stopping unless we needed gas. Right. Um, and we used to drive all the way from Michigan to. Florida because I lived in Florida and then would make trips back and forth. Right. And he could do that without missing a beat. Um, he Sometimes he would have to use a Gatorade bottle, but <laughs> <laughs> that's another trick of the trade. Um, but no, so even from a young age, Liam's been a road warrior himself. And the reason, I mean, we've we've spent 20 minutes talking about traveling so far. And, and one of the reasons that uh, I've, I've kind of become a little bit more obsessed with it and and one, it's it's a thing that you and I have done a bunch together, so it's it's an easy topic to jump into. But also, I've I've been kind of obsessed with this new YouTube channel that I found, and it's uh this this Welsh kid uh, named Simon Wilson who does YouTube videos. He has a YouTube channel, and he started out just doing vlogs of like I think the first thing he did was like working out and trying to lose weight and stuff like that. And then what really popped his YouTube channel is he snuck into the Conor McGregor uh, Floyd Mayweather boxing match that happened. Well, I guess that was a year ago, right? It was last August. So he managed to find his way into there. He and and it's a, like a twenty minute long video, so I I encourage you to go check it out because it's it's pretty interesting what he did. But that that's what locked me into his page and. Simon is a is a very charismatic person, and um, I've decided, and I've mentioned to this uh, to him on Twitter that uh, my new goal in life is for him to be my best friend. So I apologize if uh, that if you feel like I'm already trying to replace you as as my best friend. But if you go watch his videos, you'll see he's very charismatic and, and a cool guy. But he goes and does these interesting challenges. He um, was sent from. London to Amsterdam and had to get from Amsterdam to Barcelona, Spain, which is about a thousand miles in a week with no money. He had no money at all. And so he had to sneak onto trains and uh, sleep wherever he could. And it, it was, it was just interesting. It, Sometimes it it bothers me a little bit because essentially he steals things, but it's done in a way that doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. I mean, we talked about this um, off off the podcast, but one of his tricks is to find a hotel that has one of those breakfast buffets, and he just makes it seem like he is a guest at the hotel and goes in and eats, which... It seems like it should be wrong, but I've been to those places and watched how much of that food they throw away. So, I mean, really, is it that big of a deal? Right. Exactly. I, I have done that before myself. Uh, not the other stuff that he's... I mean, he's next level 
genius at getting free stuff. But when I used to travel for work and stuff, even if I wasn't staying at a certain hotel where they knew me, I would stop and eat free breakfast there. And they do throw away so much shit at those hotels that I, I agree with him. He's not really like it, it. Is it stealing? Technically, sure. But he's not taking something that wouldn't end up in the garbage anyways. And then with the train thing, you said he's not hurting anything or taking anything away that's an actual physical yeah and he's he's basically just doing it to survive and while it's not a realistic survival because it's he's doing it for a youtube channel and and that sort of stuff so he's not i mean he's not survivor man like you know out there in the wild he's not been stranded somewhere like where he couldn't get any help but it's interesting for him and one of the reasons he does it is he just wants to show people that just because you don't have a lot of money doesn't mean you can't go out and travel and try to do new things. And he just tries to document that. And he has the benefit of having some subscribers now who um, on a couple of other challenges have, have helped him out Um, after he did the Barcelona trip, which he did with, with no real problem. um, uh, They sent him to the U S and he had to get from New York to LA without any money. Um, and they basically had a map, and they threw darts, uh, and he had to go to every state that uh, he threw a dart in. Uh, he didn't have any money, but he could use uh, help of subscribers. And so people, and it actually, watching the video, says it took him like 37 days because he went down to like North Carolina, down, he went, ended up all the way down to Miami, and then go, went uh, along the Gulf Coast, uh, through Texas, the Southwest, and, and Vegas, and then over to L.A. And it was inspiring in some ways because we are so inundated in our culture these days with negativity, with everything is going to hell. Um, the news is constantly Trump and all the bad crap that's going on. And all of that, while important isn't the most important thing always. And what we don't often see is the one-on-one generosity of people and the good things that people are willing to do. And he, almost every single town he went to, someone was willing to give him a place to sleep or help him get a bus ticket or give him a ride somewhere. And they were all nice and appeared to be genuine people. And it's all because... They found his videos and and found him to be a likable guy. And sure, maybe some of them just wanted to be on YouTube or wanted to say they met someone quote-unquote famous. Although, is a dude that has 50,000 YouTube subscribers really famous? No, but it's a guy that they like and they wanted to help him out. Fuck, I want to be this guy's new best friend. So, am I any different than that? No, of course not. But in a lot of ways, it's inspiring to watch him try to figure out. And he just he's on an adventure. And... We are so in our grind almost always where get up, go to work. You know, some of us have kids, some of us don't. You're always, you know, just trying to get from point A to point B that it's cool to be able to see a guy who is living an adventure and putting it out there for people to see. And he ended up doing the L.A. trip and then he ended up now the last one he did, he was in Australia, which is really cool. So it's 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 awesome to see some places that I haven't been to that I also think are really cool. Do you uh 
I know you talked about uh, wanting to maybe go up to the Northwest and travel on a road trip. Have you ever wanted to do any like international traveling? Yeah, I mean, my goal is getting Liam through the next three years of high school. And then I, I think I'm just going to, you know, do a life reset and kind of go more to doing stuff like that, doing different adventures and stuff. Um, one of the main things I've always wanted to do is go to Japan. And I feel like once he's through school, my house should be paid off. And then I'm going to save some money and start taking trips. And I, I'd like to just, you know, save up, quit my job and spend, you know, a month or so abroad. Um, definitely a Japan, but I'd like to go every, there's, there's nowhere I've seen that I wouldn't like to go. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I would do well in the mid East, middle East. <laughs> um, uh, not only do I only speak English, I'm also have tons of different allergies and stuff. So I'm not sure I would bode well, but I, right. I would even like, there's no area that I wouldn't like to check out Yeah, and go on different, you know. Yeah, and with your allergies, you definitely need to go somewhere where you can at least have someone with you that that can translate for whatever, especially in a place like Japan and with your seafood allergy. I mean, so much is fish-based. Like, you definitely would have to have someone there that's like, you know. You might have to do the Simon Wilson food trick where uh, you go into a McDonald's and and call up and and say that uh, they – you were just with a group of people who ordered a bunch of food and there's a Big Mac meal missing and you can go in and, and get some free food that way versus uh, your face blowing up because you accidentally eat some fish or, or you know, you die, which would, which would not be good. Dying in Japan. And speaking of Japan, perfect segue. That's, that's what we call in the business a segue. You spent some time here and um, this, is, this is the portion of the program where we talk wrestling, which we always seem to do when we're <laughs> together because it's one of the things that we love. We made it 31 minutes before we talked wrestling. So if you've made it this far into the podcast and, and you don't want to listen to wrestling, I respect that. But, you know, you know what you're getting here on the on the jog pod. So we uh, while you were here for my birthday, which thank you for coming down and making the trip. Um, it's it's been an experience and, and I'm, I'm really thankful that uh, that you were able to make it down. We uh, we watched one of the well, we watched the last three nights of probably the greatest wrestling tournament in the world, which is uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 Climax Tournament. Um, man, there was some great wrestling on that show. Um, what what did you think of uh, of the finals? It's just a different level. It, I enjoy American wrestling because I, I was raised on it, but Japanese wrestling is just a different level of um, sportsmanship. And it's just a different thing. It's the difference between like boxing and MMA almost where you can appreciate both of them, but it's just a different beast. Like, uh, it was just a beautiful show. Like it it very, very much entertaining and just wild. So we watched, um, we watched quite a, quite a few wrestling matches. I definitely would say the, the two Kota Ibushi matches, the, the B block final against Kenny Omega and then the final, against uh Hiroshi Tanahashi were were both incredible uh for different reasons. Uh the Kenny Omega match with uh, Kota Bushi that was just pure insanity to the point where I was like one of these fucking guys is probably going to die. They were just that 
inverted top rope powerbomb thing that they did at the end. Just like, why? What makes you? What makes you even want to do something like that? To think that, hey, you know what? This will be a really good idea. Let's just jump off this and throw each other. Well, they're just they're trying to set a new bar each time, right? And obviously, there's years and years of insane Japanese wrestling, and I mean, yeah, it's super dangerous. I don't. I personally wouldn't do it. For one, I'm not coordinated. Enough. I, would, <laughs> I would be dead the first. We couldn't. Moment. We couldn't figure out how to do a suplex in the swimming pool because I almost drowned you. But <laughs> exactly. But on the flip side, they they're making something that's going to stand forever. Right. And they definitely did. I, I don't envy them, especially the, you know the day after their match. Right. But. They can look back when they're 50. Hopefully, they live to be 50 with the way they're doing moves. But right. And they can say, you know, I, I accomplished that. I did that with my body. And they have such a great relationship together and a trust for each other that they can up it even more. That they, you know, they're, they're not... There's no doubt in their mind that if there's a way to do it and not come out injured, that dance partner in Kenny Omega is going to make sure, you know... To keep them safe, as safe as yeah, you can. Yeah, for sure. And you talked about how, how they were going to fill the next day. Kota Ibushi had that crazy match and then turned around in like 18 hours later because the, the B-Block final was at night. The, the final is actually an afternoon show. So he was in the ring less than 24 hours after having that match. And he, Kota Ibushi and Tanahashi beat the piss out of each other. Like they had a sequence halfway through the match where they were just open-hand palm-striking, smacking the crap out of each other. I'm just like, dude. Like, you know, people talk whatever you want to say about professional wrestling. You're fine. That's, that's, that's your thing. But there's no way to fake slap someone in the face to make it sound like, I mean, you can, I mean, in a movie, you can make it look like you're slapping them, but these dudes were hauling off, and of course, they're not hitting each other as hard as they can. They're, they're, you know, there's cooperation in what they're doing, but they were laying those things in, and you know, you see the sweat fly and all that stuff, and and we talked about how we we grew up on American style wrestling, where it's the the punches and the the you know the 10 punches in the corner and all that stuff and how I have, have come to appreciate the Japanese style of they don't really do close fists. They do like forearms to like the chin and shoulder neck area and stuff. And where you lay it in, you actually start to see some marks because we live in a world where UFC exists, where two dudes will stand in front of each other and punch each other. And one punch, you can bust somebody's eyebrow you know, you start to see marks when you you watch a WWF match, WWE. There's no like you stand in the corner, and punch a dude ten times in the head, and there's nothing happens. And heaven forbid any sort of blood appears. A dude's got a the referee has to put rubber gloves on and like stop the. It's it's just so dumb. It's like just let it. It's it's supposed to be a a pretend fight. Just let it happen. It's just, I have basically given up watching American, not American wrestling, but WWE. 
for the first time since I've ever had a DVR, I do not have Raw or SmackDown on my DVR anymore. I still subscribe to the network, but that's mostly to watch old stuff. Like I haven't watched, I haven't watched a WWE pay per view since I turned off WrestleMania after the Ronda Rousey match. That's the last time I watched a WWE pay per view. So I just don't care. It's as I've gotten as I've gotten deeper into watching New Japan. And I have to thank guys like Kenny Omega and Cody and the Young Bucks because they actually restored my love of professional wrestling. I don't care about sports entertainment really anymore. And hopefully someday that'll change where I care. If those guys all show up and I'm going to be like, okay, I guess I'm going to watch Raw again. But I have no faith that WWE as it currently exists would be able to give those guys the platform that they've given themselves to do interesting things. Cody talked about how like now he feels like he's an artist and he doesn't want anyone else telling him how to do his art. You know, you don't go in and tell, and this is such a terrible analogy because it's not like Cody is like Picasso, but you don't go to, to a great artist as someone who is not artistic and go, no, you have to do it this way. Like you just let the artists do their thing. And if people want to buy it, they buy it. And that's great. That's literally how like it's supposed to work. I don't know. It's, I definitely recommend watching being the elite on YouTube. That shit is hilarious. Um, everyone should be watching ring of honor wrestling. It's really good. And go on new Japan world, subscribe, Watch those shows because it's great. They're actually taking the rest of the month of August off. I mean, they did 17 events in like 26 days or something like that. All those guys, they all had at least nine singles matches in 17 days. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's a different level of insanity. You're just going out there and, and just destroying your body. But it top to bottom, it's the best wrestling you're going to see for the... Time, like the amount of time that they spend, I mean, they're giving you your bo- their bodies for a month, and it's uh, it's definitely worth the time. Have you have you spent a lot of time ever watch? Have you ever really watched the G one before? I've watched it. Any, I've never watched it live or like current. I've always watched it like months afterwards. That's one thing. Like we haven't had in the past. Obviously, it's ramped up over the last few years. But when we were growing up you'd be lucky to catch a Japanese match on somebody's tape if you got lucky. To, right, you know, six months or a year later. Like, unless you, knew, unless you knew someone that could send you stuff. So I, it's definitely a different world now that you, that's even an option. Where I can go on my phone and I push a couple buttons and all of a sudden there's a live stream from Japan on my TV of an event happening like literally seconds behind real time. It's it's pretty insane. Yeah, that. That might be another sign of the, you know, we're, we're reaching the end of the pinnacle and it's going to reset, you know, Matrix style. Oh, geez. No, I hope not. This is just starting to get good. There's, there is so much craziness out there, though. I just, I don't know. And I think we're going to try to really avoid, uh, this isn't going to be a, like, let's talk about politics podcast right now because I, I just don't really care and I haven't been paying as much attention as I had previously. But uh, we talked... 
we talked about the G1 and New Japan has, has really exploded in popularity. Um, Budokan Hall, where they held the, the finals, um, they sold out the second and third nights. First time ever in the history of Japanese wrestling, which goes back like 50, 60 years, that anyone, actually, I think it's like closer to 70 years, that anyone has ever sold out that building for wrestling two, two nights in a row. So that's pretty crazy. They've also started to make headway here in America. They've they've run some events already this year. Um, you and I uh, in April went to a Ring of Honor New Japan Super Show in uh, in New Orleans on WrestleMania weekend. And recently, they announced that uh, they're going to try something really cool, and they're going to go to Madison Square Garden. Those tickets went on sale just a couple of days ago, and uh, you and. Uh, you and me and uh, Liam and my cousin Skyler, we're all going to be there. Not to brag, but we're sitting in the front row. Thanks to um, Dustin Jones. Hook that up. But how crazy is it going to – you've never been to Madison Square Garden, have you? I I don't think I have. I'm, I'm trying to think back if there was ever um, – there might have been the Hall of Fame there the one year that I was there. Uh, I've never watched wrestling there for sure. Like I might have been there – for uh, for the Hall of Fame, I can't remember. I, it feels like the Hall of Fame was there, but I don't. Yeah, a few years ago when they had when WrestleMania was in New York, do you think the Hall of Fame might have been at the Garden? Yeah, I, I'm probably wrong because they usually they usually don't run they don't run TV shows out of there anymore because it's so like the union and stuff. It's it, so yeah. expensive. Like the cost is is not is not worth it. So I'm gonna go no. <laughs> I don't think I have. So we're going to see wrestling in the greatest arena of the world. And it's not WWE because New Japan got in there. And it's funny because it's, it's going to be WrestleMania weekend. There's going to be so many. And bear in mind, they've all, New Japan has only come to this country to run shows like three times where that's, it was a New Japan show. Um, they've, you know, their, their people have come over and, and done different stuff with, with Ring of Honor. But they, these guys sold out. Madison Square Garden in it's essentially three days because they did a Wednesday pre-sale and then put the the tickets on sale to the general public what they put on sale to the general public on Friday was gone in 15 minutes that's that's pretty crazy and that's what they get to say is they sold it out in 15 minutes even though that's not really true but it doesn't matter that the time frame what matters is they sold out Madison Square Garden that shows that it matters and that it's becoming a bigger thing. What's interesting is we've we've become a society that's much more of a niche product society where you don't need 50 million people to like what you do. You need 100,000 people that are willing to spend money. You don't need, oh yeah, I know that wrestling stuff. What you need is dudes like you and me and Jay and other people that really love stuff that are willing to go, yeah, I'll fly in and pay money to go to these shows. Um, you see that with, you know, so you and Nikki have talked, you guys are into these true crime murderino podcasts and stuff like that. There's whole communities that are developing around this content of like-minded individuals. It doesn't have to be a million people. If it's ten thousand, if it's a couple hundred, it, that that's not as important. It's it's getting people that care about it and that are willing to to participate. I think 
we've become it's everything's become a lot more niche than it used to be i think part of that is there's just so much more of everything it used to be you know three tv channels and it used to be just cable tv and then it was now it's the internet now everyone has a youtube channel everyone has a fucking podcast (laughs) (laughs) so it's just it's it's interesting how things have 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 turned out this way one of the things that i found interesting um do you feel like it seemed like it was so cool when netflix would drop a whole season of a show and that was so awesome and you could just watch it all but now I kind of feel like, man, I kind of wish they would drop, you know, why don't you put out a season, but you drop like two or three episodes at once, and then you drop a couple episodes the next week, because I feel like you get so excited for something, and it comes out, and for me, I don't have, I generally don't have time to just like watch 10 episodes of something, and then get it all out of the way, so by the time that thing comes out, and I get around to something else has come out. It's like there's no there's no breathing, right? You definitely get bombarded with stuff. I I've felt the same way. Like they should space it out, but then Hulu's done that with Castle Rock, and it pisses me off because I'm I'm all cut off. I'm like, why can't you give us the whole fucking season? I'm not patient anymore. Right, but um, doesn't but that builds anticipation. Like you are excited. I like to be excited for things that are coming, but I wonder if that is a nostalgia thing where I'm used to, you know, like, Oh, I kind of wish I had to like, you know, I didn't, ha- I, cause sometimes it's daunting to like to want to start a new show. And also I'm like, I'm one of these people where like I'm getting older now and I don't want to invest in something that's not going to be like, that's not good. So I'm terrible at wanting to start new shows. I would much rather watch a show that I know is good, that's old. Like, The West Wing is my favorite show ever. You can put that on. I will watch every single episode and love it. And I would much, much rather watch something that I already know is good. It's so weird. I, don't, I, I'm, I know there's more people like that. Um, but I don't know. It's There's so much content. We the Content just drives everything now. Now, you said West Wing, you've watched it seven times? All the way through? Oh, no. I've watched it way more than that. Oh, no. That was Nikki. You yeah. watched it like 20 times. I've wa- I have to have watched it close to 20 times through. I just... it. And I, I just started yesterday. You, you watched the first the first few episodes. I think you got up to episode seven. Yeah. It, it, it is a highly entertaining show, but there's so much out there. So... Yeah. Like, the time you've spent watching it 20 times... Right. Yeah, I mean, that's... With other shows, most shows don't go seven seasons. Right. So, you figure... You could have watched at least 15 to 20 other shows on top of watching that one five times. Right. No, absolutely. Like, I definitely could have watched other things. So do you think it's the entertainment value or is there a comfort in, like, reliving with those characters? Like, it, it's, it's a few different things. It's, one, I know that it's good. I have no question about the, like, and... I have a connection to all, like, all of that means something to me. Like... It's it's a cover. It's like you know. Why do you come home from work and change into your same your favorite sweatshirt or your favorite pair of uh, you know basketball shorts or whatever? So there's a comfort level. That's that's what makes you feel good. So for me, and actually, I haven't watched. I have not watched episodes of The West Wing in probably oh man, probably a year. I just 
you know, I've, I've tried to not be, you know, always watching the same thing, but we've, we go back and we revisit the office and, you know, sometimes there's just shows that are really, really good and stick with you. I mean, if you look like, uh, you know, like a consensus of what's really good out there, like the West wing is one of probably like the top 20 shows of all time. Um, it's just it's just it's just really well kind of interesting. It's a show that makes me think. It's also a show that is very like, especially in these times, it's a show where people have disagreements, they have civil conversations about them, and they generally try to find a solution, even though it's two it's two conflicting ideologies, and so it's kind of a fantasy world where it's nice to dip into. Oh hey, there's our uh, elected officials trying to come to an actual resolution instead of, you know, just always yelling and screaming at each other. And it's also it's just that is a show that's almost it's like 20 years old now, so it's it was framed by a different reality than than we currently live in. So I I'm really hoping that you'll go and watch it so that we can talk more about it because the second half of the first season and then the next couple seasons after that. I mean, if you think it's good right now, it, it gets way better. So Yeah, I, I'll definitely follow through on it. Um, you know, it, it's more of a a kickback to the, you know, the 90s and the early 2000s. I've enjoyed it so far. Obviously, I'm only seven episodes in, but I take your recommendation pretty highly. And if you've watched it 20 times. I, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where I... It's a show for me where I don't have to be actually looking at the screen because it's so dialogue driven that I would watch it at work where I wouldn't actually watch it. I would just have my earbud in and just be listening to it um, as you know, while I'm doing work or whatever. So yeah, I definitely, definitely recommend that. One of the things I'm excited that's coming out on uh, Amazon is uh, the new Jack Ryan with, uh, with, uh, Jim from the office. So, right. uh, looking forward to that. What, uh, what shows are you into right now? Is there anything that you're like, Oh, I can't like, I can't live without this or you're a, you're a Rick and Morty guy, right? Yeah. Oh, I love Rick and Morty. Um, that's one of the few shows that I've rewatched a bunch of times, but it's a cartoon that's only, I feel like it's only like 20 something minutes an episode. So yeah. it, it, they're quick hitters anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I was never a rewatch guy. Like, it's pretty rare that I'll rewatch a show or a um, movie even, but more recently, you know, I've, I've got those, you know, like you were saying, the creature comforts where it's, I can throw Rick and Morty on and I, I'll even do something else, but I'm enjoying it. I enjoy the, the science in it and just the dark humor of it. Yeah. I'm way more of a rewatch guy. Like yeah. I've, I'm ups- like, I rewatch Marvel movies all the time. Like those are, I love those movies. I can't, I, you know, before uh, before Infinity War came out, I rewatched every single Marvel movie. I I just I literally bought a jump drive off of Amazon so that I could put all of even though I own every single Marvel movie on Blu-ray, I bought a jump drive so that I could put all of them on uh, the jump drive so that I could just have them accessible so I didn't so I didn't have to like get up and change DVDs. I could just switch the file on my TV cuz that's peak laziness. I guess you could say um you know, we're getting towards an hour in here and 
we'll we'll start to wrap up. One of the things that uh, that you really love is conspiracy theories, and I think we've talked about conspiracies before. Um, I think we got into talking about JFK um, a while back on on a previous episode. Um, what is it about conspiracy theories that uh, that gets you? Uh, they're exciting for one. The fact that you know the surface knowledge might not be true whether it is or not just the the story of hey what you thought was going on actually has nothing to do with reality and you're just getting fooled to kind of keep the status quo Um, so there's an entertainment factor to it and there's the fact that when you do look at stuff nowadays you can see that the narrative that we're given on a lot of things isn't true so if if there's that in just everyday life, if there's a narrative that's not necessarily 100% factual, then why wouldn't some of these things be the case? So, what is uh, what what conspiracy theory are you into? Right, like, do you have one that like you're really like looking it into and like diving into right now? Is there something that's got your interest peaked? Well, the. The JFK one has always been a thing. Right. So that's anytime there's anything new with that or different, I, I definitely keep attention to that. But I've really been um, researching and paying attention to Project Paperclip. Have you ever heard of this? Project Paperclip. Uh, no, I don't think so. After World War II, we took Nazi scientists. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. And gave them American identities. Right. This has been... 100% yeah, that's proven. not a conspiracy. That shit actually happened. Yeah, it started as a conspiracy, and then they figured out, hey, we did this. Right. Including um, the original director of NASA. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the highest-ranking Nazi scientists. We brought him over here. He had a lot of rocket technology, and then that's how we started the space program. So our space program is grounded in Nazi scientists. <laughs> Um, and I think that that really interests me because it's been proven factual. So you get to see something that completely doesn't seem to make sense. There's no way that, you know, the good old boy Americans would have taken out the Nazis and then brought them in, cleared them from any charges and then used them. And that's the basis of a lot of other varying, um, conspiracies is that we use those Nazi scientists to test people with LSD. We used them to do the Montauk experiment, which is another um, conspiracy theory. And uh, it's, it's just crazy that, you know, we, the good bastion of uh, civilization that America is. We're... So do you, do you ever get into like conspiracies that are pretty, pretty easily disproven with science like i don't understand the flat earth people like that just doesn't i like you literally can like there's people that are factual like i don't understand that people say that scientists are lying scientists are are i mean i'm sure there are there have been scientists that have made shit up and lied but like neil degrasse tyson i feel like is a pretty reliable source on information and he he's going to give you scientific fact and people are like, well, I don't believe you. This is my opinion. Like, 
I just don't understand. Like, you can have your opinion, that's fine. But when someone comes at you with like a scientific fact, you can't just be like, oh, well, I don't agree with that. You cannot agree with it, but that doesn't change the fact that it's correct. Like Exactly. What when when it comes to the like the flat earth things, I've never like dug too much into it just because it seems so asinine. But the little bit that I have, you know, researched and read on it, um, it's more that they dis they don't believe any of the basic science at all. <laughs> Anything like across the board and right. their, their thought on it is okay you've been told all these different things about how the world works right but have you ever did a personal experiment on it and if if you go if you take what they're saying at face value and you think about it for the most part you haven't at least personally right. i haven't i haven't done experiments on the rotation of the earth and all right. that stuff so they're they're playing on that and going from there but i i really deep down i don't think most people that consider themselves flat earthers i think they're more trolls than anything okay um i I just choose i choose to believe that someone that goes and like science is not easy like i couldn't get through chemistry like that that's that's not how my brain works so I choose to believe that someone that has dedicated the time and energy it requires to go get a degree in astrophysics or something like that didn't spend all of that time to learn these things to tell people bullshit stories. Like if you if you like so you have to you have to be willing to assume that there is a overall conspiracy that someone decided to make this stuff up. Science, like the science stuff is made up. Well, I, I think at least a portion of these flat earthers, they're not arguing that it's a overwhelming conspiracy by knowing scientists. It's that they were taught fake information that they don't understand is fake. So, but that's what's so stupid. Shit, like like astrophysics and the the dynamics of that stuff is based in like mathematic formulas that are centuries old. So that means that you have to be willing to assume that someone 500 years ago was like, yeah, I'm going to make this. It's going to be hilarious. I'm going to make this shit up and we're going to teach it to people and they're going to believe it. Well, not necessarily though. They could have. I'm I'm playing the devil's advocate. Right. No, I, I understand. do not believe this shit. But you could say back then they also ble- believed that you had demons in your blood when you were sick, and leeches doing bloodletting with leeches would heal you. So those same people that were into medicine and into science could have thought this was true. And it, mathematically, if you just because it looks like it works on a formula doesn't right. mean it's true. But but I also then, as a reasonable, and I, f- I feel a reasonable and rational person, look at that and go, well, it's based in science and math. Those are things that are provable. They have theories and proofs. And I feel like if that is something that is based in 
a fallacy that was false information started a long time ago that someone would have come out and go, hey, you know all this shit that we've talked about for all these years where the, this is actually not true. Because what you don't, you don't ever see any like real like astrophysicist, like a real like deep science person come out and say, here, I have proven that this is not true. You see a dude like Joe Rogan's buddy, Eddie Bravo, who just goes on a rant about how, like, I don't, I don't believe it. Therefore, it can't be true. Right. Well, that, it's not completely true. There have been scientists that have done that and come out and said, oh, you know, flat earth, it's true. Not that, I would more think, though, that they're doing it for publicity and to make money off of books yeah and it's very rare that that happens but has has any like like the equivalent of a neil degrasse tyson level of scientist like a a respected like person that people i mean there's so many well-known astrophysicists and science people but like at neil's level um but there have been a couple that were a little bit higher up yeah that have come and said that they believe that the earth is flat um, but instantly when you do that, you're, you're deemed a, you know, a crackpot and, you know, nobody believes you anyways. Um, so I do understand where they're coming from to say, okay, if nobody's going to believe you, if you yeah. come out on that, especially if it's one or two people. Um, so the easy money is to go with the way it's always been. And to stick with that, uh, not that like once again, not that <laughs> this I should be clear. Rod does not believe do that this flat. flat. He's just giving. He's just taking the other side because he's trying to keep the conversation going, exactly. which we appreciate. Um, but to tra- transition to another uh, conspiracy theory that I do see some merit in, uh, the original moon landing. Yeah, I think the footage that we have is faked. You do. I do. Okay. Not that we've never been to space, because that's another whole facet of it. Right. I think we made it to the moon, but the footage that we have was pre-recorded so we could show the world and Russia and everything else that we made it first. Right. The cameras and the technology we had at the time we didn't have the ability to send open air from space these videos in real time of walking on the moon. And if you well, I don't think it was. It's not necessarily in real time. I mean, it's. I. It was like if you look at like light minutes and that sort of stuff. Like it. It wouldn't have necessarily been in real time. It would have been like seven minutes later or well, whatever not, not that even, sort of I'm, thing yeah, is. Yeah, I know it's a delay, but not even with the delay, we didn't have the technology to transmit from space at that time. Okay. And if you look at some of the other footage that they have, they tried to say certain pictures and stuff was during the spacewalk. Right. And if you look, they had promotional photos that were exactly the same, mm-hmm. except you could see where they were on Earth and their zero gravity, you know, test things with, with their, um, lead lines and stuff connected. And then they just went in and blacked it out. Yeah. So 
Do I believe we've landed on the moon? Yes. Do I believe the footage that we originally got was real? No. And when you, when you see footage of like Buzz Aldrin and some of these guys, when they're questioned about it, yeah. it never goes well. Yeah. Like they get very defensive and well, but I, on the flip side, I'll play devil's advocate yeah, on this. Don't you think that they also might get defensive because they've dedicated their whole lives to this really important thing and this monumental achievement and they get little dick wipes who've never done anything in their whole life coming up. Oh, that didn't really happen because there's people you, you have a reason to take on that where you're like, I think that we probably went, but I'm not sure that the footage that we see is real. That's a reasonable take. Whereas someone who's just a total troll is, you never fucking did that. You just, you guys all made that shit up, blah, 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 that people aren't rational about it. And so when you are all these, all these years you've been inundated with that sort of stuff, even if, even if it's a hundred percent true that they did all these things, it may seem as they're defensive or they come off poorly because they're just literally sick and tired of asking a question that they find to be completely stupid. Now, it could be that they're defensive because it didn't happen and they're, you know, tired of lying about it. That could be the case too. But you live in a world where you're constantly asked something about what when you know something to be true and you can continually get asked the question of is this fake? I don't know. Right, and Buzz Aldrin's been known to have a temper just in general. Sure. So I, I could see that. Um, and just to pull it back to our our uh, our love of our love of wrestling, how many stories have you heard about uh, wrestlers getting asked by fans, "Oh, that's just that fake wrestling thing," and then it ends poorly, you know? Because in that case, wrestling is fake, but it's not it's not phone. It's you know you know what I'm saying. But, so, so you're saying Buzz was like. It wasn't fake. It was coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> the moon landing was a work. We were we were there, but the footage. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, and, and you know, I, the reason I think there's some merit to that that it could be faked is we had so much to gain by showing sure. the world that we were first there. Yep. Um, that it wouldn't be out of character. For America to do that. Right. No, no, no. That, that I think, actually makes some sense. And I've never heard anyone put it that way, where it wasn't that we didn't go to the moon. It was that that the footage uh, may have been pre-recorded so that it could be shown. That even though we got there, like the footage, I hadn't heard it, it that way. And that, that seems like it could have some validity to it. Well, and at the same time, we were trying to land on the moon, so was Russia. Right. And Russia didn't have any qualms about losing astronauts mm -hmm. like now if you read back on at the time a lot of this stuff wasn't coming out because they're not going to publish right hey we fucked up again but they they said it was up into the hundreds of astronauts that russia completely fucking lost yeah that they just kept shooting them up there trying to get it to work and it wasn't working and then when they did have some success like with the space chimp i think they were the first one to get a, a chimp into the orbit they didn't have footage of certain things because there wasn't a way to do it and then right. all of a sudden we not only did we do it we've got this clear footage of it yeah including spacewalk footage with a camera that technically shouldn't have been able to be out in the space elements I right guess you'd call it 
and was fine. Like they they had pitchers that were outside of the um, our spaceship, yeah, our spacecraft. So I don't know, like maybe I'll look back in you know five years and be like, well, that was a stupid theory. Right. I'm, I'm not beyond that. I, just what I've seen. Well, because you're also not a person that if someone presents you with evidence of, okay, here's what you thought, but here, look at this, and you, if you look at it and go, oh, okay, that makes sense, you're not 100% like dead set in, this is what I believe, and there's no way you can talk me out of it. I'll never listen to anyone else bring any sort of information to me. I'm unwilling to change. Like That's just not you. So if you, if you found that to be the case, like of course, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's a reasoned explanation and you've presented me with these facts and oh okay i didn't know that but right. there's a lot of people that don't their brains do not work that way and sadly it seems more and more nowadays it's it is something isn't it <laughs> i i do the, the thing i never thought of and it, it was a point that you made with with the the camera technology is has anyone ever seen those cameras like have has has anyone go here's the camera that we use to record the footage and here's how we made it work in zero gravity and the like, because anyone that stops and takes a second to think about it, that's like minus 200 degrees on the moon. Like electronics don't really work that way in. Especially technology from back then. Right. Like not only would they have been able to shoot the footage, but then transmit it back. Yeah. It, it, it didn't make sense to me. And then if you look back, they lost all of their um, formulas and trajectories and all that. They just said it got it was on a computer and got lost. So you can't ma- match up time for the exact timing of when they did anything. Right. So it could have just as easily been that they did it at a different time. Right. And they just made it look like, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So... Like I said, I, I definitely, I'm not a person that thinks, oh, nobody's ever been to space. Everything's fake. Yeah. I just don't believe that first round of images that we got back were real. Gotcha. And that they had it planned out beforehand because they knew that was, that, that, that could have been a possibility. Yeah. They, they already had pre-planned the footage in case something happened. Well, folks... I think we'll wrap up there. We've learned that Rod doesn't believe the moon landing is real and that he is a terrible judge of picking hotels in New Jersey. And he also lets his child urinate in Gatorade bottles <laughs> on long road trips because he refuses to stop. So those are all the great things that you've learned over the last hour and 10 minutes. I hope that that's uh, not all you've taken from this, but it's good to be back. The podcast, um, we're going to be doing a lot more stuff. I know I've said that before. I'm really going to try this time. This is season three. We're bringing it back. Rod's going to be a recurring guest. Right now, the plan is to have um, a couple of uh, a couple of folks that uh, rotate through and come on you know, every couple of weeks and, and talk about what's going on. Um, Rod and I will probably talk stuff like this we'll talk some wrestling we'll talk some conspiracy stuff we'll talk about what's kind of going on in the world as we're like-minded in that way um a couple of other guests that i have planned uh to be recurring uh my good friend dana wessel uh morning show host up in minneapolis 
talk maybe sort of pop culture sort of things uh, and that sort of stuff. Um, Donnie Hernison, who has been on the podcast before, uh, maybe talk about what's going on in the culture. He has a touch tone with uh, being a teacher. Um, maybe talk about how things in, that are going on in the world are affecting the youth culture. Definitely could be a, an interesting subject. We'll rotate some people through. I believe my cousin Skyler will be on from time to time. We'll nerd out with him. So we'll have some fun. We got some plans going forward um, with the podcast. Thank you for coming back and joining us one more time. This, of course, is just another Y Guys podcast. I'm Dustin Jones. Always protect the five hole. Too much. Oh, that hurt. Oh, too much. Too much. Oh, it's too big. It was too much.